Coming up on today's episode of Sports Talk from the crib, we're going into the NBA playoffs. The Lakers had a big bounce-back victory in Game 2. Also, Luka continues his dominance against the Clippers. They're in a world of trouble now. And Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers finally speak out for themselves. All that more coming up. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. So today's episode is just all about standing your ground. You know, Lakers, don't panic. Try to bounce back. Stand your ground. Don't you're the defending champs. You're not gonna back down for no one. Julio Jones speaking out. Stand your ground. You're going to be traded. Aaron Rodgers. Stand your ground. Don't let an organization or individual thinking they have the power over you when you are the one with the power. So let's get to the first topic. Lakers, Suns. Lakers have a big bounce back win here in game two. They won 109 to 102. Anthony Davis, who everybody got on with that horrific game one sighting. He finished with 34 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. And went to the free throw line 21 times, making 18 of them. So he made his presence felt. was way more physical on offense and defense. So there you have Anthony Davis, 34 points. Of course, LeBron James, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists. Dennis Schroeder, big contributor as well. He had 24 points. And Andre Drummond had a double-double. So the big men for the Lakers went to work. Drummond finished with 15 points and 12 rebounds. So that was a big factor. As for the Suns, Devin Booker, 31 points. DeAndre Ayton continues, 22 points, 10 rebounds. He continues his, you know, making sure everyone feels his presence. He's played very well for it being his first playoff appearance along with Devin Booker. Both of them have played pretty damn well. Chris Paul injury is a major concern. We said it in game one when it happened and going forward. In game two, Chris Paul only played 23 minutes, only two in the fourth quarter. But Cameron Payne, who filled in with Chris Paul, had his moments out there. The guy was hitting some key threes. He finished with 15 points. But this team is going to need Chris Paul ASAP to have a chance in this series because his veteran presence on the court is crucial for this team, especially down the stretch. So that leads to the question, can the Suns survive the Lakers with Chris Paul's injury? And the answer is no. The series is tied 1-1. We've all said it too when it comes to LeBron James. He's Game one is always seems he's a little off. Just feeling everybody out and comes back and the whole entire team plays better. He even got into Caldwell Pope's face. Told him to shoot the damn ball there in the fourth quarter. So we see in his leadership felt on the court. We see it in the win column. Big game two victory for Lakers. The Suns are in desperate trouble with that Chris Paul injury. 
They have no shot. They may only get one more game in this series with an unhealthy Chris Paul. The series can turn real, real quick. They stole the home court advantage. Now they're going to L.A. So they got the home court advantage back. Game three is going to be so crucial for this young Phoenix Sun team to win and continue to have that confidence boost. You know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they're going to get back in the swing of things. That's why I say if they win the first round, look out entire Western Conference because they'll be back in the groove because they missed a lot of time at the end of the season. Both AD and LeBron. LeBron missed, what, like 26 out of the last 30 games? AD came back from his injury? Like, when these two, they're great. They're top five. When they get back in the groove of the game again, so that means if Western Conference look out if they get past the first round. The first round, the Suns got to hit them now. They have to hit them now where it hurts. While they're not in their groove yet. But with the Chris Paul injury, and I feel bad for the guy because it seems like every time he has a team or leads a team into the playoffs, the playoffs happen, and he gets injured. Every Single time that the Clippers, when he's with New Orleans, like every, even Houston, like that big injury when he was with James Harden and like cost them versus the Warriors. Like this guy can't seem to stay on the court in the playoffs when it matters most. He's a great player, Hall of Famer, but he has to be on the court for him to have a chance. And if he's not, if he's not 100%, good luck. Phoenix, Lakers are going to start rolling in this series. You may only get one game. Okay, now let's switch over to that. You know that other L.A. team that nobody really has ever cared about? You know, yeah, the Los Angeles Clippers. Remember when they got Kawhi and Paul George? That They're just going to roll into the city, take over L.A. It was going to be a Clippers city, not a Lakers city anymore. Nobody's going to rock that purple and gold and blah, blah, blah. Well, (laughs) what a joke that was. First off, L.A. will forever be a Lakers city. The Clippers, for them to have any kind of relevance, they first, they got to get their own damn stadium. And they got to get the heck out of L.A. Because that is forever purple and gold, Laker nation all day, every day. But, you know, Kawhi, last year, remember? Pulling up with the shades on, top down, roll into L.A., saying he's going to take it. Going to show who the real king of L.A. is. It's going to be him and not LeBron. Well, you are down 0-2 now to the Dallas Mavericks. You are down, you gave up the 3-1 series lead. Last year against the Nuggets. In the first round last year, you had a face up against the Mavs and you almost lost it then. Now, Doc Rivers gone. Ty Lue in as a head coach. The roster seems some change. Got a lot of veterans, no more young guys. The guards just don't seem to fit very well for some reason. 
Pat Bev, Rashawn Rondo, Reggie Jackson. This seems a little odd pairing. We thought adding Rondo will help this team. But it hasn't. Why he's not in the game late, I don't have no idea about that either. I thought that's why he was brought in. But after the game, Ty Lu, Paul George, they're sitting at the you know, post-game conference interview saying they're not concerned. They're not concerned at all about this team being down 0-2 to the Mavs. You lost both of them at home. Thought you were taking over L.A. Luka Doncic is having his way. He's doing whatever he wants. He's yelling at Pat Bev. You're too small for me. Getting up in their face. Joking with them. This team's soft. We've always said that about Paul George. And the Clippers organization is just jinxed in general. When you look up to the, you know, the roof, you see all those banners flying around up there hanging. Championship, championships, but it's not your championship. It's not your banners. It's to belongs to another team. And this is very concerning for this Clippers team. Let's get into what happened. They lost. Of course, 121 to 127. Luka Doncic is out here that's making it look easy. 39.7 rebounds, 7 assists. Porzingis added 20 points, so he kind of showed up at least a little bit. And Tim Hardaway Jr., who has been playing lights out for like the past month, he added 28 points and 5 assists. He's that key piece of this Dallas team. If he's playing like this, this Dallas team is scary. Get something out of Porzingis. You got three people that can give it to you. Something to look out for. Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers. He had a monster game. 41 points, 6 rebounds. Paul George, 28 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. So it looks good in the stat sheet for those two key players. The thing that's still killing them is at the three-point ball. The Mavs are shooting lights out again. 52 point. What are you thinking? 52.9%, 18 of 34 from the field this game. Clippers 13 of 33, so at 39%. Are you so you're still not concerned? <laughs> what would this do for the legacy of Kawhi Leonard? We praise him. This is a team's we're praising a lot of players in these playoffs. We're praising a lot of teams. Kawhi Leonard, a former two-time NBA champion. He led the Raptors to their first ever championship. Just a couple years ago, what's going on? Will this tarnish his legacy? Do you really think of Kawhi Leonard as that guy? And the truth is, this year, when we talk about these teams, you kind of leave them out. He, Despite him playing so damn well. Despite him being great. But it, you're telling me nobody can guard Luka on this team? Don't we talk about... The Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly being some of the top defenders in this league. But you can't stop the the one guy. The guy who somehow is so sh- shifty and moves and not very quick or fast, but somehow schools all of you. Wow. So I think that's going to absolutely tarnish what we may think of Kawhi Leonard because 
could be in the first round, especially if you get swept. They get swept. This Clipper team is done. Everybody's disbanding. There's going to be nobody left to be playing for the Clippers. They're all going to walk. Kawhi, Paul, George, all of them. So, like, they have to win this series. They have to get it together. This organization is just jinxed, I think. Because of where they play and whatnot. It is forever purple and gold Laker Nation. But Kawhi Leonard, you got to get together. These veterans on this team got to come out with a victory. They got to get back in this series. Do I think they'll do it? No. I think they still can get a couple games. I think Mavs in six still. But this would be a very, very disappointing season. Very disappointing thing for Paul George again in the playoffs. Ty Lue, championship coach. You did LeBron. You won this first round matchup. You sat against the Thunder and the Rockets in the final two games of the regular season to get this matchup. Looks like that was a bad choice. You didn't want to face the Lakers. You wanted to face the Mavs. Looks like you guessed wrong. It looks like your season may be over now. Sooner than you think. All right, let's transition now to the NFL news. Julio Jones is going to be the first topic before we get into more of that Aaron Rodgers Green Bay drama. But Julio Jones recently finally came out and spoke on the latest rumors that have been circulating since round draft day regarding a trade and Julio Jones getting out of Atlanta. And he basically says, I'm out of there when he was asked about his future in Atlanta. So we've I've named trade destinations, I named likely teams that should be interested, and we you know discuss what the possible compensation would be. Uh now Atlanta Falcons have come out and say they like a first round pick. So they set the asking price at a first round pick for Julio. Who is going to give up that first round pick for Julio? I still believe there's teams out there that should like a Baltimore Ravens, like an Indianapolis Colts, like a Tennessee Titans, maybe even San Francisco, but they traded everything for Trey Lance. So that could be a little out of question, but I expect them to even try to get in the sweepstakes for Julio Jones. It's a guy who's aging a little bit as a wide receiver position. He's going to be 33. He had one of his worst years this past year because his injuries just keep piling up. But it doesn't mean he's not a great player. He was just working out with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown getting in shape. Tennessee connection already? But what does Julio have left in the tank? I still believe he has a whole lot. Plenty of football left. One of the greatest receivers he's ever seen in the NFL. Who's going to make that move for him? And right now, since we have the asking price, I even said possible maybe a first and a third, depending on maybe have on a stat sheet. If he hits certain numbers, it'll become a first. Kind of like a Carson Wentz type of deal. But um, 
Hey, Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans, Baltimore Ravens would be the perfect fit. Lamar Jackson, Julio Jones, Rashad Bateman they got in the first round this year. Mark Andrews, tight end. Lamar Jackson, that running game that's so dynamic. Like, my goodness. Make the call, Baltimore. I really like the Tennessee fit because of Ryan Tannehill, but him being there with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. <laughs> Pairing up in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz. <laughs> like, I mean, these can be very scary, very scary scenarios on their team. So if I was one of them, if I'm Baltimore especially, I'm off in a first-round pick. Now, the problem is the cap situation with Julio Jones. He's a big hit on the cap. Baltimore doesn't have enough money for it at the moment. They'll have to make some moves to make that trade happen. Indianapolis, New England. Everybody's going to keep saying New England, too. They got money to spend. Even the Cleveland Browns have money to spend. Imagine if that could be a likely scenario. They're on the come up. In the AFC North. Baker Mayfield played well last year. They're getting OBJ back from injury this year. What if they would make a trade for Julio Jones? I don't know if I heard anybody say that yet. They have the cap space to do it. Cleveland and Baker did play better without OBJ. But can you imagine making that trade? Julio on one side, OBJ on the other. You got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb still in the backfield. My goodness. The problem is, the only concern will be injury history with both. But on paper, that looks phenomenal. I'll make the move. Sometimes I think when it comes to players at the end of their careers or in organizations, they're just like, they're too, they pull the move on rookies in the draft, right? Why can't they pull a move for to get an intriguing once-in-a-lifetime player to help propel your team to a Super Bowl? Why are organizations hesitant to do it that way? They'll do it for a quarterback in a draft. You know, they're a hit or bust. But why would you do that on an unproven player? But a proven player like Julio, it's only gone, you know, first round pick. The big, I think it's going to be a second round pick and maybe an, another pick. Like a second and a fourth, second and a fifth, or maybe a second and a second, the, the you know, the next year for Julio. A team, I think, was going to offer that. I don't think they're going to get any kind of low ball offer. And I just think that is what's going to happen for the Julio Jones trade. Baltimore, pick up the phone right now. Make the offer. Cleveland, make the offer. You know, <laughs> um, who else? Indianapolis, make that offer. You have a chance to propel your team in your own divisions. In the AFC, AFC teams is what's going to be having to go after them. I don't see them want to be traded to an NFC team. 
You don't want to face him all the time, especially in the division. You don't want to face it. That's out of the window. Trade him to an AFC team, Atlanta. Get some good compensation for him. He is aging and wide receiver in NFL years. We get it. He's going to be 33. He has a big hit on his contract. We get it. After June 1st, though, Atlanta gets a lot of that off the books. So they have to wait to the June 1st for even, like, really go through with a trade because of the money. So let's wait and see what happens. When it does happen, it's going to be bolts and breaking news. Whoever gets them, this made their team better and it made themselves Super Bowl contenders because I believe Julio Jones still has a lot left in the tank. Speaking about having a lot left in the tank, how about that former MVP, Jeopardy host, Aaron Rodgers? He finally came out and spoke on Kenny Mayne's final show on SportsCenter. Basically said, nothing against Jordan Love. I like the kid. It's about the culture, the philosophy. It's just the decision makings and the culture they put in in Green Bay right now. That he doesn't want to be a part of. That's why he wants out. So he finally kind of, kind of, I guess, clear the air. But is he actually going to get out? Now, he's skipping OTAs. They are voluntary right now. And now the whole entire receiver, well, his top five anyway. His top five receivers from last year, they skipped OTAs too. You know why? Their man ain't there. That's my quarterback. That's my teammate, Aaron Rodgers. That's saying something if the uh, receiving core doesn't show up to OTAs. And Jordan Love, who are you throwing the ball to? They're in workouts. Are you throwing to anybody that's even in Green Bay uniform? Do they even have a number assigned to them? <laughs> I love it. They're siding with their quarterback. And this is going to get heated. I think this is about to get real heated and dicey, especially when we get into mandatory camp. Is he going to sit out? Because Packers have came out and said they're not going to trade him. Listen, you have to now. You have to. You blew it. The man's done. Said it before. 16 years, Bart Starr. 16 years, Brett Favre. 16 years, Aaron Rodgers. So congratulations, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers ruined your plans. You wanted to get rid of him last year. Actually, well, you wanted to get rid of him this year. But you didn't expect him to go out and win the MVP. You did, you won. This, this minutes, the seconds away from a Super Bowl Advance. And you blew it. The coach blew it. The organization blew it. Aaron Rodgers blew it. Because he blew up your plans. Because he didn't think he was going to have a great year. You probably didn't think you were going to reach the NFC Championship game again. But you did. And (laughs) the boy won the MVP. Proved himself his worth. And what he brings to this organization and team. And the lovely Green Bay historic franchise 
has one of the best franchises in NFL and in team sports, period. The fans are just incredible. In Green Bay, the Cheeseheads, great fan base. One of the best in sports. That's not what he's hating on. He's hating on the idiots making decisions because you've had a team to win the Super Bowl. You've had it in place. You didn't execute. You didn't try to add pieces. You didn't try to tweak some things. You brought in a new head coach. Didn't work. You got the two NFC Championship games, but lost them both. You just needed a player here or there, and you failed to do it in the drafts. You failed to do it in free agency. You don't want to pay the top guys. You act like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he deserves all that money. He's carried you for over a decade. He's carried this franchise. He's minimized mistakes. The holes on offense and defense, it seems, disappear. If Aaron Rodgers is out there balling out. But he cleared the air. I think he is going to sit out if they don't trade him. I think he really is going to tr- sit down if he's not traded. Denver Broncos looks like it's going to be forced to be traded to like that franchise. That's a top destination. And the Broncos are going to be Super Bowl contenders, possibly win it, and boom, we got another one. One of the great players that play the game gets one. Because I think he has to get one more. He's going to try and prove that he needs to get that Super Bowl number two on his record. And he's going to do do it. He's out having fun now. You saw the vacation spit, the vacation spots he was doing. Out there having fun, doing his thing, not giving a damn what's going on here and the organization, but be prepared. The drama is going to continue. Stand your ground. <laughs> so, everyone, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember to tune in every Monday and Wednesday for new episodes that are available on all streaming platforms. You know, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, it is on it. So check it out. Be sure to check out the official website at feeltheheatent.com. It's Feel the Heat Entertainment, F-T-H-E. And also check out the F-T-H-E Gaming. we got a lot of new content coming out on the YouTube channel for that as well. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel at Feel the Heat Entertainment for video segments of the show. Sports blog on the website. we got the merch shop going. Thank you all for supporting and listening. Catch y'all next time. Peace.